Hey everyone, producer Dave here. Make sure you check out our new show called How the Tech Are You? As you might have guessed, it's a show about technology. Uh, I talk a little bit about content creation using Linux. Matt talks about some programming stuff I don't understand and also some tech news stuff that I do understand. And HK talks about some system admin stuff that I do understand and some software engineering stuff that I don't understand. You can find How the Tech Are You on your favorite podcast app, or you can also grab it on YouTube or Odyssey. At some point, we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
right, everybody, welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific right here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Media. I'm producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder. And this is the Councilman. You can find me at T-H-E underscore Councilman on Twitter or anywhere on the Echoplex Media contact page. I'm sure I'm up there. And uh, please subscribe to all of our subscription eligible materials please download the podcast of down ballot whenever you have a chance on your favorite podcatcher and uh, absolutely tell your friends and uh, no matter where they live we do cover mostly local news from santa Clara county and san jose and the south bay area here and we tend to get around to san francisco and other environs in the bay area um, but really we found over the years producer dave and i that all local news is local to you and local to someone uh, so if there's local derp out there in your neck of the woods, send it our way. We'd be happy to cover it. And if anything we're covering here strikes your fancy, please let your friends know about it. And don't be afraid to drop us a few show bucks. Get us a subscription on Twitch. Go over to Patreon and drop us a few bucks every month. It's really helpful to keep all this wonderful programming uh, that Echoplex Media puts out there together. So uh, what's on the do uh, docket for local love afterwards tonight, Producer Dave, after we're wrapped up with the down ballot? Um, tonight, actually, we're <clears throat> taking a bit of a break, going to run a little bit of a best of. We interviewed Dan from the Art Boutique about a year ago, and we're going to go ahead and rerun that for everybody and put that back out on the podcast feed this week. And then afterward, me and Chip will probably do a little bit of post game, maybe have a little open panel action, see if any of the regulars want to come on and say hi. Boo. Nice. Dan Votto, always a good get, always a good interview, good conversation, great venue. Please frequent Art Boutique whenever you can um, for the the free entertainment as well as the paid gigs because we have to support our local artists. Dan has, uh, he keeps, he prides himself on having a great beer selection and a fabulous venue with really kick-ass live music. Um, all of our friends play there. It's fabulous. And there's, it's really eclectic. There's a comic book store in front. They even have an art exhibit up there now. Um, so please check it out. It's on race street, just near the Alameda in San Jose. And uh, just, right. just real quick before we get started uh, tonight's the first night actually with our new uh, overlay for, um, uh, twitch and obs it's um i guess better uh you are in a much higher resolution than you oh. usually are uh that's that's Fabulous. that's all that's all well and good until your internet connection gives out i suppose and then we'll see we'll see how it how it performs under those circumstances but yeah i took most of yesterday during the media winter show uh meltdown monday to modify an existing overlay that we were using for um the the tech show because i kind of like the way that it looked there's just a kind of a lot less going on and so mm -hmm. uh but it's <clears throat> there's actually it's actually a little tougher on the computer here because everything's there's a little more pushing a little more pixels for each of the each of the people on the screen but it uh I th chat seems to think it looks good and if you're watching this on video you'll surely notice the difference and we'll probably be moving to this overlay or one real similar to it for the other shows probably not tomorrow maybe by thursday definitely by Catterday, though. Nice. And if you're brand new to the show, uh, listener, viewer, you have no idea what we're talking about, and it looks fucking fabulous. So we hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what do we got leading off? Uh, well, uh, San Jose Police, um, while we tend to begrudge them on this pr particular program, um, they came up with a pretty good score this past week and seem to have thwarted a one-man potential crime spree. We are tracking a major firearms bust at the home of a murder suspect in San Jose. Police say they recovered more than 65 guns from this man, 38-year-old Vu Chai. 25 of the firearms were illegal assault weapons. Two were privately made and two more were stolen guns. Police also seized many, many high-capacity magazines and thousands of rounds of ammunition. 
that amount of rifles, that amount of ammunition, specifically the ones who are illegal to possess, the illegally manufactured guns, the stolen firearms, is absolutely a red flag to any law enforcement officer in the state of California. Taking those guns off the streets is most certainly going to lead to saving lives. Ty faces illegal firearms charges. He is also a suspect in the shooting death of a man, which happened on Saturday in South San Jose. Ty remains in police custody. Way oh to bury the lead that the guy's a shooting suspect. Just put it at the end. Yeah, right. Well, they yeah they they start off with this sort of murder suspect moniker, but then they go right into the guns because it's sexy. And good lord, that was a pretty decent cachet for one person. Um, don't know what you need with all that, um, except unless you're hunting some really big deer. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, they definitely buried the lead there. So um, curious to see. You know how does this play in how does one thing play into the other thing right was he planning to like kill this person with 65 different guns or was he planning some sort of larger murder death kill kind of rampage um either way good that they came across this cachet and, and found it before he was able to do more damage but uh i don't know producer dave uh, just goes to show you what you, you never know what's lurking uh in your next door neighbor's apartment yeah you you just don't it's hard to <clears throat> i don't know it's hard to get too I don't know, hard to get too riled up about it, I guess, because, like, you, what are you going to do? Are you going to go search your neighbor's house? Like, you know, what do you, what do you do about this? You can't really. And it's sort of that if it, yeah. if it bleeds, it leads shit that the news does. Do you ever suspect anyone in your building or your, any apartments you've lived in before, um, who, uh, you know, of, of some nefarious deeds, but didn't want to necessarily go all burbs on them and <laughs> prove it? You know, I lived in a complex before this one that had over 2,000 uh, units, so I have to assume somebody there was hiding. <laughs> Law of averages. Some, not 2,000, yeah. I'm sorry, over 200 units. 2,000 units, what kind of fuck? Law, Law of averages, you got to suspect. Um, yeah, 2,000 units, you're looking at a pretty big high-rise. Um, but yeah, law of averages, you have to suspect someone's doing something, right? Especially this day and age when it's so easy to do things. Um, Anyway, well, uh, good good on you, SJPD, for uh, for making the bust. Although, you know, if this person wasn't a murder suspect, I guess we wouldn't might not have found the cachet to begin with. So, um, but uh, there was another case uh, earlier or a couple weeks ago uh, where they got ahead of uh, a potential uh, mass shooting uh, and and uh, uh, got a guy based on red flag laws. Wouldn't you know? So uh, those things do actually work occasionally. Heads up, Congress. Um, but that's leading off. Um, so stay safe out there. Um, and uh, we're going to get to a little more about staying safe in a second. But first, Professor Dave, shall we move to winners and losers? Winners and losers is our favorite segment here because there are no winners. And if there is a winner, it's just not the one you were rooting for. It's the one you were the least rooting for. Otherwise, we wouldn't put it in winners and losers because like, we only do one feel-good story a week and it's usually about a pupper or some shit. <laughs> well, we're going to start off with a bunch of losers, um, but uh, it ends up with a winner. So, uh, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, so uh, the Proud Boys have come to the Bay Area apparently, and they don't, they're not really digging on uh, children's story time. Well, what's That's really, what what's, what's really interesting here is that there's this account called Libs of TikTok that is this huge account on Twitter that uh, basically targets harassment towards a lot of uh, queer people, uh, people of mm -hmm. color. Uh, teachers who they you know the teachers are all grooming everybody and they uh promoted this drag queen story hour on their oh on their twitter account so that's oh probably one of the reasons the proud boys showed up like like we keep saying everything we talk about always ends up coming together in like it's all the same story every time right 
Right. And how often do we, I mean, find, and this is something I think you found in, uh, in really starting the Echoplex network, right? And particularly on our on the Sunday show, you know, digging into the conspiracy theories. It's not until these things ever, ever there's cracks out there. There's, there are conspiracy theorists. There are, there are individuals out there who have think whatever they're going to think, right. And have all sorts of stories to tell. Um, but it doesn't get to this point until some sort of inflection, someone promotes it, someone uses a platform that is at least not necessarily legitimate or good. Um, but a platform to, uh, ramp things up and to promote it beyond just their own little, uh, their own little brainstorm, right? Um, there's always an instigator. There's always something larger um, at play when you see events like this. So, um, uh, and w- what we serve to do, I hope, is to nip it in the bud. So, but, or, um, or at least, like, or at least, like, have some information when when thing when shit goes down. At least, like, we can have some yeah. like reliable information that we we found on our own that maybe other people don't have. It's not like nobody right. knows about the libs of TikTok thing. It's just that the average person doesn't because a million is a lot, but a million is one three hundredth of the united states population so and we can also and we put it together when sometimes our local news is we'll find out does not but uh, this is abc7 with the story a children's story every time turned into a nightmare saturday afternoon at the san lorenzo library bay area drag queen panda dulce was co-hosting a kids reading event in celebration of pride month when suddenly the unthinkable happened eight to ten proud boys marched in with their cameras blazing, pointed at me, um, jeering from the back. A group of men believed to be affiliated with the far-right extremist Proud Boys group stormed the event. They made white power hand gestures as they began hurtling homophobic and transphobic insults at Dulce. They said, who brought the tranny? Um, It's a groomer, it's a pedophile. Um, why do you bring your kids to this event? Dulce was then escorted by security away from the men and law enforcement was called. The Alameda County Sheriff's Office says they're investigating the incident and have activated their hate crime protocols. While that's come as a comfort for Dulce, she worries that incidents like these are organized and increasing. She's calling on all those opposed to stand up to extremism. I think now is the time to unite and to come together as a united front. Not just for her, but also for the children. Dulce, who is Ivy League educated and has over a decade's experience in social work, says many of them were terrified. I don't want to hurt you. I just want to tell you a story. That's it. I just want to tell you a story. The event has come under heavy scrutiny from both local leaders as well as the San Lorenzo Library. I really believe that libraries are places where everyone is welcome. We are open to every member of our community, and we we can't be bowed. She's all except the Proud Boys. I'll cut a bitch. Or intimidated <laughs> by these kind of threats. This is not what we're going to stand for. And while it's left its mark on Dulce. A lot of people are asking me, like, do you feel safe? Are you OK? And the answer is no, I don't. Um, I don't feel safe in my own home. She's determined not to be a victim. She tells me she's not going anywhere and will never let fear and intimidation stop her from doing the things she loves. They were successful in scaring us, but they weren't successful in their ultimate goal, which is to make us go away because of their own discomfort with the diversity of our world. (laughs) Um, They failed in that. In San Lorenzo, Tim Johns, ABC 7 News. I'm... I completely appreciate why Tim Johns was went there with, uh, you know, uh, Panda Dulce is Ivy League educated, right? And that's awesome. I mean, good on her. I don't think that was necessary for me to 
have whatever sympathy or empathy with with Panda Dulce. This is just fucked up, regardless. Like I don't I don't need justice. I don't need any sort of like you know right uh, 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 validation of her as a person, right or whatever. It's just it's this is on its on its basis fucked up, right? Um, right a person could be so, a high school dropout <clears throat> who right. who has now doing drag queen story time, and it, it's the you, the story is the the important part of the story is still the important part of the story. Correct. That the 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 disruption that happened and the the intimidation and fear that, that she has to endure um, because of it. So I do appreciate. It. I mean, I hope that the reporter um, cleared up the pronoun situation in advance too. So that's that was that's very good. So good on him. Um, but yeah, I thought that was. I mean, it's great. But I didn't need to know that. And it's sort of like a qualifier for people who are a little skeptical to begin with, or a little squishy about trans trannies. Um. So uh, th- there's a little bit more here of a uh, of Panda Dulce getting to. Uh, speak her own mind about it. So thought we would go over to NBC Bay Area for a little more on the story. Are now one of the first things you see when you come here to the San Lorenzo Library. The drag queen whose program was interrupted says she won't let that stop her pride. I feel like there's still a part of me that is in that room. Now you're not talking anymore. A story time conflict. But they called me a tranny, a groomer, a pedophile. Panda Dulce was just beginning the drag queen story time event at the San Lorenzo Library when she says a group of men believed to be associated with the extremist group, the Proud Boys, started yelling insults and threats. She says one of the men wore a shirt with the message, kill your local pedophile. I don't know if they're armed. I don't know if they're about to spray us with bullets. Panda Dulce was escorted out by security after the group refused to leave. Drag Queen Story Hour was created in San Francisco in 2015 and has spread around the globe. This isn't the first time the events have drawn protests. I think what was different about this is how emboldened they felt. They marched right in. They had cameras blazing. They were just hurling insults. The conflict even caused librarian Frederica Hurd to consider canceling her Juneteenth celebrations because she's concerned they might also be targeted. When I first heard about it, it just fear just came over me. Alameda County Sheriff's Office is investigating this as a hate crime along with charges of harassing children and making criminal threats. Investigators say they know who the men are, but so far no arrests have been made. These these are not cut and dry scenarios. You balance the issues of free speech uh, with uh, the issues of what is a hate crime. Panda Dulce came back to finish story time, sending a message to the disruptors. They want us to shrink back into the closet, into obscurity, into the shadows, but clearly they have not met a drag queen before because drag queens do not do obscurity and queers do not do quiet. Well, dra- <clears throat> drag queens do not do obscurity. That is part of their personas. They're larger than life. They have to be or they're, or they're not um, going to be a successful drag queen they're not a successful performer absolutely the persona is everything um well good on her um and good on drag queens everywhere for persevering and um we've had a drag queen story hour here in uh, san jose at the library um very well attended very well received um and wouldn't you know it not one child you know um inadvertently converted to a different (laughs) sexual orientation or gender identity or expression um they kind of figure that shit out for themselves these days so maybe we should let them um anyway uh well there is so i think there is a winner there uh in the panda dulce ain't going anywhere and i fucking love the name by the way as a giants fan that's a beautiful <laughs> i don't know if that's what, what she's going for but uh uh 
that homage to Pablo Sandoval. So thank you for that, Panda Dulce. Uh, in other winners and losers news, though, tonight, um, we've got three oh, stories no. that are just kind of, yeah, we've got three stories that are kind of just sick and just um, make you think that there's way too many just savages and dumbasses out there in our towns. But anyway, the first one is about uh, one of our local state senators who I'm sure not alone, um, but has been receiving some pretty nasty threats um, during Pride Month. This is the profanity-laced email threat State Senator Scott Wiener's staff got Sunday. The headline is concerning, but the second paragraph is what raised the biggest red flags. It reads, We placed bombs in his office and his house. We will kill you. That's what prompted San Francisco police to search his home and California Highway Patrol to search his office in Sacramento. Senator Wiener says he gets threats pretty regularly, but believes this one may be part of a pattern. We're seeing this escalating campaign of uh, rhetoric attacking our community. And so it, when, when that happens enough, it's just a matter of time before people get so riled up and brainwashed that they, that they act. It comes on the same weekend that Alameda County Sheriff's deputies were called to drag queen story time at the San Lorenzo Library Saturday. That's because a group of men started harassing entertainer Panda Dulce before story time. Did you guys call the cops? One of the men wore a shirt with an AK-47 and the words, kill your local pedophile. Another wore a black and yellow Proud Boys cap. Alameda County deputies are investigating to see if any charges can be filed. Also on Saturday, officers in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, arrested 31 members of the white nationalist group Patriot Front. Police there say a citizen called 911 after spotting men loading into a U-Haul. It was stopped just a quarter of a mile from that city's LGBTQ pride festivities. Based not only on the 911 call, but the information contained within the call about the, the weapons that they were seen loading and the riot gear and things of that nature. Uh, we made a command decision to make the stop prior to them getting downtown to prevent a riot from happening. San Francisco police say they've had no indications of any credible threats aimed at any of the LGBTQ pride events scheduled here in the city in a couple weeks, but they will be having a security briefing later this week because of this weekend's events. Despite the threats aimed at him, Senator Weiner says he's looking forward to celebrating the first Pride event in the city since the pandemic. I look forward to seeing everyone there and the last thing we wanna do is be intimidated uh, by people and to not celebrating our community. In San Francisco, Sergio Quintana, NBC, Bay Area News. Uh, not for nothing, Austin Bennett has been trying to target harassment at State Senator Wiener. Interesting. For uh, over squishiness about his homosexuality or uh, just or generally about his policy decisions? It's specifically about his homosexuality. Uh, well, that's, he, that's, there's a there's a picture of him and I don't know was, I don't know if it was his boyfriend or not or just a date or a friend at Pride where he was wearing like just a little bit of leather like no shirt and just a very small amount of leather like you wouldn't even notice it and Austin's like oh that's sadomasochism that person with him Austin used um terminology I'm uncomfortable using him talking about the person who he was with and the nature of their relationship um mm -hmm. and so i don't think it was austin bennett's people because austin bennett don't have no fucking people anymore like nobody watches nope. austin bennett's videos but it's like he's part of the the sort of ecosystem around that and what's going yes. on what's going on right now is that ev this whole thing about just by nature of being queer that we're trying to hurt children or that just our existence as queer people is sexually explicit because we showed up somewhere 
I've, I've gone to your house and I mean, I've done, I mean, it was obviously sexually explicit when I showed up, but that was planned and everybody was, everybody was consenting and, you know, we had, we had 100%. a little bit of that, a little bit of the, little bit of that VCR head cleaner and everybody had a great time. <laughs> everybody had a good year. Um, no, most, most definitely. It's always a good time. Are you kidding? Um, yeah, I, I'll say this much, like on that subject, um, as far as having a good time, I've never had a better time than when I've lived in communities that were, um, you know, predominantly uh, queer, if, if you don't mind me um, appropriating the term just for a moment. Um, West Hollywood was one of the greatest places I ever lived because uh, you went outside and you just felt welcomed and warm and and loved um, no matter where you walked or went. Um, and man, wouldn't it be great for everywhere to be like that? I don't know. I've never lived in the Castro, so I don't know if it's the same vibe, um, but that was definitely the vibe I got in WeHo, so I, I missed that a lot. Yeah, I um, lived I lived not on Castro, but it the neighborhood right church i lived on off off, off, off a market on church and yeah but How i mean her? i i liked it because it was like my place was like halfway between the castro and soma and so i could like go to dinner in the castro and then go clubbing in soma because i wasn't really into the music so much at the gay bars but man the restaurants were good and the few years i was able to afford to fucking live there were amazing um Your dual citizenship in other words <laughs> yeah, dual citizenship that's what we call dual citizenship you dinner dinner in the gayborhood clubbing in the raverhood yeah right in san francisco that's really what it's like in the neighborhoods right they're very fierce about their neighborhoods right um, and uh you know it's 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 a big problem it's it's getting worse and there's nothing mm-hmm. there's nothing that like you know we like what am i going to do about it you know i i just just uh you know i don't think anything's likely to happen at like san francisco pride but at smaller pride events i'd be more concerned maybe with silicon valley pride because it's a much smaller event um oh. And, and also just lack, maybe more lack security, you know, SJPD is not necessarily the best staffed and et cetera, et cetera. And um, just easier overall for people who aren't from the Bay area to get into and park in yeah. San Jose. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, we will definitely be vigilant, but, uh, also it's just, there are some, obviously there's huge underlying predominant, you know, in, ingrained social issues that we're dealing with here. And we do have to uh, figure a way out of it. And a lot of it's just going to be generational change and just raising our, our children, right. And making sure that our children win the culture war at some point. Um, well, the problem, you know, which, the problem is when, like, when we win the culture war, we win it in the it, culture. We win it with movies, TV, music, entertainment. We win it in the culture. When the mm-hmm. other side comes back at us, they come back at us and either we'll use the state violence or if they can do it, state violence to try to push back against the culture war that they've already lost in the culture. And by losing, it literally means that like you could just walk down the street and be gay and usually not get bothered. That's what losing to them means. It's not like some major victory for queer people to be able to just walk down the fucking street. Like yeah. that's the bare minimum. It's the, yeah, of, of, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself, actually. Um, well, shit is flying off the handle here in a lot of ways. And Scott Weiner is the, not the only uh, public official who has taken it on the head lately. Uh, unfortunately, a Millbury City Council member was up in San Francisco. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, things got a little, a little crazy uh, with a concrete block. Another unprovoked act of violence in San Francisco. This time, it happened to Millbrae Council member Anders Fung, who was with his family on Saturday afternoon. He says two men threw a concrete block at him. NBC Bay Area's Ginger Kanahiro Saab spoke to Mr. Fung, who says it was clearly a deliberate attack. 
It's not how Millbrae Councilmember Anders Fung envisioned his family's weekend would go. While they were enjoying a Saturday outdoors at Land's End Park in San Francisco, he says he was deliberately attacked with this concrete block, which was thrown from at least 20 feet above him. He suffered a two-inch laceration on his head and a neck injury. As I was just walking by the cove, um, I got struck by a heavy object on top of my head. And I struggled to get up. And uh, as I was getting up, I continued to see heavy object casted very close to me. Anders says his family tried to stop it, but it became even more obvious that the men were targeting him. My family yelled at him to stop. And that is when they give my family the obscene hand gesture. Um, and then they fled the scene. Today, visitors to Land's End were not aware of yesterday's terrifying attack, but they say even if they are not the victims themselves, the violence must stop. It's a, it's a problem. It, it shouldn't happen. It, whether, uh, whether it was because he was Asian or not, something has to change. And Anders believes the attacks can stop, encouraging victims to speak out and report them when they happen to authorities. Somebody could have died from this injury. And many people have died from previous attacks to the API communities. And senseless violence and hateful acts such as this has to stop. In San Francisco, Ginger Conajero Saab, NBC Bay Area News. It was the darkest episode of Down Ballot in a while, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it's been a dark kind of week, actually, uh, as most weeks post-election generally are. Uh, but uh, I, was, I remember watching that bit or that piece with uh, The Good Wife. When it was originally on and thinking at multiple times during that piece, my God, producer David is going to just lament the audio in this clip. Um, and I'm thinking at one point, the, the guy with the 49er hat, like I get that the, you know, he said some profound ish stuff, but I don't know if it was profound enough to necessitate the audio that <laughs> the audio in, interruption with the wind and everything. So maybe that was but the yeah, only I, clip they, maybe that, maybe there was like nobody out when they went out or whatever. And that was the only passerby who was willing to put their face on the news. Most likely, like, I don't know if they'd make that editorial decision if that was, if they had options, right? But uh, anyway, uh, that's sort of, you're right, that's sort of getting away from the point. This has not been a very uh, fun week on, on the, the local scene, and it's not going to get any better in the next clip because there's folks doing even worse shit out there, um, and this is in San Jose. 15-year-old victim told me that she was walking here on Monroe Street on Friday afternoon when someone drove up behind her and shot her in the back with a pellet gun. Now we've learned that a nine-year-old girl and a woman were also attacked the same day. My lungs felt like they were being compressed and it hurt really bad because it was really hard to breathe. 15-year-old Gianna Vitarelli describes what happened after someone shot her in the back with a pellet gun. This x-ray shows extensive injuries, including a fractured rib. You can also see the pellet is still lodged in her body. Doctors told her it was too risky to remove it. And while she believes she may have been the victim of a prank, perhaps one encouraged by a TikTok challenge, she says her injuries are serious. But it collapsed my lung. It almost hit my heart, it broke my rib, and it caused internal bleeding. Police say so far they haven't connected the attack to a TikTok challenge, but they also say Gianna is not the only victim targeted Friday. I can confirm that we are investigating at least another two uh, pellet shootings that occurred 
over the last several days. We don't know if they're connected yet. The first attack was on a 42-year-old woman in a Walmart parking lot on Stevens Creek Boulevard. Less than an hour later, a nine-year-old girl was shot in the back near Westgate Mall. Today, people in the area near Valley Fair Mall, where Gianna was shot Friday, say they're on edge. Bonnie Williams says she plans to carry an alarm and pepper spray. What kind of people are walking around Bonnie. doing these things? And this is, you know, near Valley Fair Mall. So you'd think it's sort of safe here, but nowhere is safe. Disgusting. Gianna, a Notre Dame San Jose High School student, was discharged from Santa Clara Valley Medical Center today and headed home where friends welcomed her with gifts on her front porch. While Gianna's condition is improving, she's still wondering why someone targeted her. Honestly, I'm just very confused. I don't know why anyone would, like, shoot me. Police say if they do catch the person behind these pellet gun attacks, they will face a charge of assault with a deadly weapon, which is a felony. Reporting live in San Jose, Marianne Favreau, NBC Bay Area News. That is That is crazy. <clears throat> like, yeah, people don't... People don't understand, like, they people think, like, a pellet gun is, like, almost like being shot with, like, a paintball or something, I think a lot of people believe, and it, it's not the case. People go hunt small game with pellet guns. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. This is fucking frightening for anyone who has kids or just goes walking with their dog anytime, you know, uh, especially near these malls. A good wife and I don't live too far away from Valley Fair. Um, shocking that it would be in the Valley Fair community. What a safe community. Although Marianne Favre was doing that report from outside the Republican Party headquarters. <laughs> I wonder if that there's was that. intentional. Right, there's that. Um, but yeah, no, this is a little scary and it's sketchy and absolutely a, a, a good wife and I go walking every night um, for uh, through our neighborhood and we've absolutely, but I, I hate to have you know, succumb to fear and and uh other you know base emotions but yeah we've been, certainly been a little more cautious and looking around uh, checking over our shoulders and i don't want to be that way not in my own neighborhood but it's sort of where it, where it's at right now there's just a lot of sh a lot of crazy a lot of crazy shit happening out there and i don't want it to come home to roost um so uh, rather than consistent you know reverting back to my normal zen self i have been a little more vigilant lately but i'd prefer not to be yeah for sure <clears throat> I just, I just feel like this is, I don't know, the, the, the thing that happened here, that the thing I don't like about this is they're like, it may have been a TikTok challenge. And like, the problem with that is, you know, what do they mean by a TikTok challenge? Did this person see, did somebody once see a TikTok video where they're like, oh, go shoot people with a pellet gun? Like, or is it like a widespread thing? And the, the reason that it's a problem is that if it has nothing to do with any kind of TikTok challenge, then like then like people are going to like divert resources in the wrong direction. They're going to be yeah. like, there's, there's just going to be, <clears throat> it's just stupid. Like, I don't think there's a big TikTok challenge go of people. Like otherwise there'd be, it'd be all over the news. The people all over the country are getting shot with a, a fucking pellet gun all the time. Yeah. No, and it didn't, it didn't sound like PD was concerned that that was, that was really the issue anyway. It sounded like more, that was a, a neighborhood uh, or a uh, community concern. Um, and I can vouch for that just having worked in public service and with youth, um, you know, parents especially can get pretty, um, if you leave them in a vacuum and you don't give them answers, they will come up with some fucking answers pretty quick. Um, and they will believe them 100% no matter uh, what the facts are. So, uh, 
yeah, if they hear something, it usually becomes truth pretty quickly, especially on next door. So, um, well, and it becomes, so, it becomes like a moral panic now, right? Like now yeah. we're, we're going to have like this. You're right. I think if the, like the police maybe know that it's not, or don't have any evidence that it is. And maybe it was just an offhand comment by the news, but then you end up, you end up with like another moral panic just around like a fucking app where people mostly are having fun and doing dances. Right. And it's, and the, the, the app a does a better, movement. this app, these people, TikTok, funny enough, does a better job than Facebook of putting the kibosh on this stuff when they find right. out about it, or like right. at least when they're subjected to public pressure around this stuff. And, right. you know, if, you know, if anybody learned about this or got this idea from anywhere, I'd be willing to bet it was either from their friends, uh, from Facebook, um, you know, it was probably, probably kids, I guess. It might have been adults. I don't know. I, it's just like it's just like I don't know if the news should be speculating about whether or not something is like a like a like a cultural phenomena or whatever because they have. Uh, I mean, this was a few people got shot with a pellet gun, but I'm assuming this is going to be one person or one group of people. You know, I'm I'm hoping it's kids that are just being fucking stupid. Um, and they see this shit on the news and realize that they fucking almost killed somebody. And oh yeah, this pellet gun is kind of dangerous. Shit, maybe I shouldn't be fucking taking it out of dad's closet or whatever, mom's closet, and taking it out and and pegging people. Um, I thought it was totally harmless and just a prank. So I, hopefully that's all it is. Um, but uh, just another sign that um, you know uh, we're failing our kids anyway. If they think that's something fun they should do, even if they don't think it causes like it could cause life and death kind of damage, right? Fatal damage. Even if they think it's just a prick on the skin or just a prank, like what the fuck are kids thinking? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll work on it. Producer Dave, I'll work on it. You'll work on it. You'll work on what, raising, figuring out what the kids are thinking. No, it's raising them right. Raising them right. I got some, I got some big news. Producer Dave, I got oh, big news. Fantastic. fantastic. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Excellent. Um, so who, Anyways, who has to get their shit together this week? Getting their feces in order um, in San Francisco, as usual. Um, the police union, the POA, uh, apparently their uh, president had to resign. We don't have a whole lot in this story, but um, we'll find out more later probably. But the, the president had to resign over some sketchy issues with uh, appropriation of credit cards. And of San Francisco's police union has stepped down from that job. Tony Montoya submitted his resignation, according to the San Francisco Standard. The paper says of, there are concerns raised after he drove a vehicle owned by the union to his new home in Nevada and used a union credit card to pay for the gas. Montoya says that did not violate any union policies or practices. Now, Montoya has been on medical leave for several months. Tracy McCrae who's been the interim union president will stay in that job until a union election is held next February. Well, there you go. So a uh, leadership change coming at SFPOA, even though they've already sort of had one. Uh, but yeah, no, nothing's, nothing terribly surprising here, but uh, definitely another opportunity for SF to get their shit together. Um, and uh, that kind of leads us into our next story, frankly, as we move on uh, down ballot. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted as things develop with the election for the new SFPOA head. More than likely, they'll get along with a little better with whoever the DA, uh, next DA of San Francisco is. And it's not going to be Chesa Boudin, um, who unfortunately was recalled last week. Uh, so as soon as that's official, 30 days after the election, London Breed will be up 
uh, able to appoint a new district attorney. So we'll and we'll probably find out pretty soon who that's going to be. So it didn't. Um, it it went down um fifty five forty five approximately with exactly what you'd expect the Knob Hill people, the people in the on the North Shore, the people who live in the financial district, the people who live by the Embarcadero. Strangely enough, not the Castro, but um, the nicer, nicer, richer, whiter, whiter, whiter parts of San Francisco, um, the Western edition, um, you know, voting to for the recall and the uh, less socioeconomically advantaged and browner parts of the city voting no on the recall. As you would expect, um, and sim- I'm sure it's similar to the uh, demographics of how the vote went down when Chesa beat uh, Susie Loftus and others in uh, a uh, Range Royce voting uh, contest a few years back when he was first elected, or a couple years ago when he was first elected. So um, we're going to find out a little bit of, about how San Francisco is reacting to recalling Chesa, and it's certainly become a uh, a national story in that national reporters and news want to make it out to be some sort of um, signifier about, you know, the criminal justice reform movement and the defund of the police movement and Black Lives Matter movement and every other movement um, for social justice and make this some sort of referendum on that. I don't think it is. It's fucking San Francisco being San Francisco. Um, but uh, uh, Garvin and the, uh, the NBC Barrier News are going to give us a little more on the people on the street and on both sides, how they're feeling about the uh, post-recall environment. The DA's recall raises lots of questions for people who live or work in the city. One of the biggest being, what does this all mean for for San Francisco moving forward? Will it actually make the city safer? Here's what NBC Bay Area's Ginger Kanehara Saab found out. Reactions to Chase Boudin's recall have poured in nationwide, with even the White House weighing in. The same is happening here at home from different communities across the city, both sides feeling very differently about the results. Both sides also still hoping for the same thing, change for the city. Videos like this have become an all-too-common sight in San Francisco's Chinatown. Business owners say the city hasn't been holding looters and other criminals accountable. But today, they hope, is the start of something different. We're more hopeful than we've ever been before that maybe there will be a change in the city. Betty Louie and other community leaders acknowledge crime and safety were a serious problem long before Chase Boudin took office. But it's clear to them he could have done more. He probably isn't the reason for everything, but I also I also believe that some of his actions um, spoke uh, very loudly. The Police Officers Association has been vocal about their disconnect with the DA's office. And what you saw happen yesterday was someone being held accountable. Police union leaders say they want to see dangerous or repetitive criminals locked up, but acknowledge reform in the criminal justice system needs to continue. And that's what our reputation needs to be, is that come to San Francisco, have a great time. But what we won't tolerate is people taking advantage of other people. The ACLU Northern California chapter led the opposition to Boudin's recall efforts. ACLU is obviously disappointed in the outcome of this recall. But remain committed to continuing what Boudin set out to do. It would be a mistake to read too much into this election outcome. The recall vote was not a repudiation of criminal justice reform. It was not a referendum on the National Progressive Prosecutor Movement, which really is continuing to gain momentum. For his part, Boudin told supporters last night they all have to keep working for that reform. It was not the work of one year or one term. 
It's certainly not the work of one man or woman or one office. It is work that requires a sustained social movement. In San Francisco, Ginger Conahero Saab, NBC Bay Area News. Well, <clears throat> that was that. The, uh, <clears throat> the ACLU lady seemed fairly disappointed. Um, yeah, as you might I'm be. Definitely having a sad. Definitely having a sad. Um, so yeah, uh, I, again, I don't believe this. I, I agree with her. I don't think this was a referendum on the net, the broader issue. Uh, I think the pendulum swings back and forth, and uh, between the. Um, you know, between sorry, between the uh, the, the fervent out there, right? The 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 what's up, the the movement is kind of pushing back on uh on everything and anything incumbent and anything about the establishment right now, um, and then San Francisco being what it is, and Chase being who he is, and just the particulars of who he was, right? Um, and where he came from, and his parents, and the the whole nine yards, right? The narrative. Um, unfortunately, I think it conspired against him here. And but like you said, uh, fifty five forty five, right? So it was it was almost two to one the night we we opened it up, right? Almost it was over sixty percent. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. It, but it's it's mod, you know, it's come back down. Um, so. I think that says a lot, frankly. Um, I don't know that he got 45% first place votes in the ranked choice voting. I think he got like a plurality, like in the 30s. So, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, even in a conservative electorate, it was, you know, fairly, it was closer than folks thought it was going to be. Um, and that says a lot. So I don't think that chess is going anywhere. I don't think this movement's going anywhere. I don't think San Francisco's going anywhere. <laughs> uh, it's going to continue to be fucking weird. Um, and we'll see who... Uh, London Brita points and how long they last in this fucking job since it seems like, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, it's not a very fun job to have right now. You're pretty much under the spotlight and you're, you're being asked to protect the entire city when that's really not your job. So before we get to our next story, <clears throat> as we were going live, one of our uh, viewers saw this story. Um, this is from the Mercury News. We don't have any local news hits on it yet. This is uh, uh, the bomb squad in San Jose found an explosive device at Councilwoman's window. In yes, Willow uh, home. This is uh, Dev Davis, uh, District Six. She ran for mayor. Uh, did not get the nod for mayor. <clears throat> and uh, this is just, you know, kind of came in right as we were starting the show. So I figured instead of waiting till next week, we'll probably have a news hit for it for next week. But I figure we could we could bring it up now. Is this oh, is just thank just more of the more of the more of the winners and losers segment? More of the. You know, now we have three stories this week where it looks like um, a local politician, local council person um, has been, you know, targeted. In this case, though, I mean, the one case was an email. It could just be some crank. Uh, the one was a brick that they threw at the person. I don't know if they were throwing it directly at that person because of their role as a Milbray um, city council person, but it's not out of the question. And the, the, the gentleman seemed to believe that was the case. So maybe he knows more than we do or that, you know, there's, you know, there's maybe he knows more than we do and didn't have a chance to get into it or didn't want to get into it on the, um, on the, on the news there. But now we have uh Dev Davis here in uh, San Jose with a explosive device being placed. At her home. Yeah. In yeah. North Willow Glen. Uh, no, thank you. Good. Uh, great eagle eyes from our, our, viewer and listener thank you so much for for pushing this in i actually had seen this as we were going to air tonight and i was going to mention it around the scott wiener story and that you're right it ties uh, pretty well unfortunately sadly it ties well into uh, stories we've already run tonight 
Um, and that was in, on the docket before in, this had even come out. Um, but I did hear about this internally um, early on today and uh, uh, didn't know if it was going to be made public, frankly. So I'm, I'm glad it has been um, because it's, it, it goes to show um, that not only this is this a thankless job being an elected official, no matter what you think of Deb Davis or what I think of her or what anyone thinks of her policy making or, you know, or her as a person, even um, this is ridiculous. This shouldn't be happening. Um, this is uh, this, this ain't right. Um, and I had heard that um, uh, one of the mayoral candidates had been receiving death threats. I don't know if it was Dev um, as well, um, but during the race. So there was quite a bit of police security at all the forums and all the uh, events that they had. Um, and it was sad. Uh, I even went to a forum or a candidate meet and greet for mayor or mayoral candidates where there were more cops than mayoral candidates there to defend, you know, to protect them, um, which is good, but it, it shouldn't have to be that way. Um, so uh, yeah, this is, just, I'm sure we'll have video on something uh, on this sooner or later. I think uh, maybe Kron had a story on it, but it may, it may not have video yet either because um, it is still developing, but we'll, we'll have more on this next week. Um, if there is more to tell you, um, yeah. that's, that's disturbing. This <clears throat> just, you know, that's just been the kind of the theme this week. And I figured that's why I'd bring it up as we've talked a, a bit about elected officials uh, being targeted. <clears throat> you know, we don't yeah. know what's going on it, here. We don't know an explosive device. I mean, we don't know what it was. You know, it could be anything yeah. from like a firecracker all the way to something very dangerous. And we it just doesn't don't matter. Know. She, yeah, she has kids too. She has kids in like um, middle school, I think, or, um, at this point, or maybe, maybe, maybe young high school kids. I forget how old they are, but they're, you know, young enough that even a firework would be dangerous um, if they didn't know what they were getting into coming home, right? There's something on the porch. So that's, that's really, uh, that's really sad. Um, So, well, hopefully we'll have more details and um, they can catch the perpetrator at some point since they did recover the device. Hopefully there's some evidence that will, uh, our industrious police officers will use to uncover who that was. So one incident where hopefully they do do their job. Well, um, in yeah, other news, yeah, you know, not for nothing either. Like she was definitely. Well, I didn't like it. I didn't like any of them. The one, the mayor. Like I, I, I came to the conclusion nobody to root for. Uh, but there was, it was like a toss up. It was like a toss up between her and somebody else. If I was in San Jose, who I would have voted for based on everything I saw, even though I don't, yeah. even though I don't like agree with her politics, I, I just thought she was you. I didn't really agree with anyone's politics because there were cops and shit in there. I was like, well, she's not a cop and she seems com competent. So <laughs> she is very true to her values and she's very true to who she is. Um, uh, she's very, there's part of me that loves her because she's very wonky and data driven and, you know, analytical. And there's part of me that hates her because uh, frankly, I think sometimes can, she, she can be a little racist and a little bit um, uh, xenophobic um, without in, even intending to be, because she's a very nice person. Um, I've never had any bad interactions with her myself, um, but I'm a white dude. So who knows? Uh, <laughs> uh, and her kid and her kids, by the way, are, as she makes a point all the time are adopted and Latino. Um, so even though she herself is from North Dakota, so go figure. So, um, she tends to be a little conservative. Anyway. So what's up with this next story here? Uh, so uh, just to, recapping last week's election, primary election here in California, the June 7th election, if, in case you didn't hear, um, featured pretty low turnout uh, uh, in the neighborhood of like record low turnout as a percentage of registered voters. Um, the caveat there is that there are a ton more registered voters now than there have ever been in California. So the pool of potential voters is much bigger. 
So that, you know, that, that usually could bring down the number if you have the same number, but the, all that means is basically the same number of people voting, right. And just a lower percentage. So we're not really doing much to move the needle. Um, and, uh, it, it turned out was abysmally low, not just, um, not really across the board though. Um, if you look at, if you dig deeper into the numbers, um, the vote, especially in San Jose and in, um, in this area was dominated by white people, uh, 65 and older. That was the largest voting demographic. Uh, young people did not vote at a very high clip. Do you mean people like raw color. numbers or like percentage of turn percentage Perce- percentage of the, yeah. the, the registered who turned out? Correct percentage of eligible, you know, uh, registered voters, registered white sixty five plus voters. Right, their share of the electorate was higher, um, and but they turned out at a higher clip in their demographic, and their share of the vote was much higher uh, because of that. Um, and young people did not turn out to vote. Very, very, very low turnout. Um, African-Americans, Asian-Americans voted at a pretty decent clip. Um, Asian-Americans tend to vote at a pretty decent clip in general. Um, but Latino voters, um, as usual, were at a very low clip. It was something in the neighborhood of 15% of the eligible Latino voters voted. I don't know what that translated to in terms of the share of the vote, but it's already they're already you know a smaller share of the vote to begin with. So 15% of 15% is not very much. Uh, so uh, Latino leaders locally, at least, are lamenting this. Oh, that was some interesting alliteration. Um, but it's something, it's a it's a problem that's been chronic in the, the Latino community. We'll hear about it here, and we can talk about it more on the other side. 15%. That's the dismal voter turnout in the Latino community in the June primary, which was just last week. Community leaders are wondering, what's next? NBC Bay Area's Damien Trujillo is in San Jose with a look at what they're considering to help reignite the Latino vote. California tried to make voting easy by mailing ballots to every home. No need to leave the house to cast your vote. And yet turnout was dismal on June 7th. The consulting firm Political Data Intelligence estimates only 25% of eligible voters actually voted. The highest turnout was among white voters at just 30%. 25% of African Americans voted, 24% of Asian Americans, and among registered Latinos, only 15% turned in the ballot. I'm appalled and I'm disheartened, but I'm also seriously alarmed. Blanca Alvarado spent a lifetime fighting for political and social equity as the first Latina elected to the San Jose City Council. For people to not vote is to not only shirk their responsibility, but to let somebody else be in charge of their lives. I think that's shameful. Political analysts have called Latinos the sleeping giant because of their huge voter potential. That giant woke up a few years ago with a large Latino turnout in the presidential election. Now some wonder if the political giant has gone back to sleep. You didn't vote? No. Why not? Forgot. No. No, no votó porque no. Why didn't you vote? No. She says she's not even registered to vote. The Latina coalition of Silicon Valley says there needs to be a deep dive to find the root cause of Latino voter apathy and turn things around in time for the November elections. The silver lining, the group says Latinas in Santa Clara County overwhelmingly won or are in the lead going into the November runoffs. So no one is ready to throw in the towel. That there have been times and there will be times when Latinos will manifest their voices at the polls, and there we be. We will be holding people accountable. The fight for November, they say, begins now. Damien Trujillo, NBC Bay Area News. Yeah, the fight for November was done like two or three or four years ago. Like, but the 
the engagement it takes, I'm just going to, I'm going to soapbox for a second. Then I want to hear your thoughts for today. I'm so sorry, but yeah, the, the, the engagement it takes to get anyone, I don't care what demographic you come from to vote for, especially for a specific issue, not just to vote and, and, and cast a ballot, but to vote for a specific person or a specific you know position, right. Is so great. Um, the, the, the threshold is so great, um, to, to get that done and it's not going to get done in any significant way before November. That's, I'm going to put that out there right now. This is something that's, it is a generation, another one of those generational shifts, but it's going to take a generation's worth of investment. And I just don't see that happening, unfortunately. And it's a demo, it's, it's, it's a universe of people. It's a, it's a community. It's a population that desperately needs to have a voice and they just don't uh, they, they're not there. Um, and it's not, I don't want to blame them at all. It's not, frankly, it's not, <laughs> there are systems designed and put into place to prevent them, to, to, to depress them and to not prevent them from having a vote. Cause everyone gets a ballot mailed to them right now. Right. There's no excuse. Um, you have a ballot you know, on your coffee table in your apartment, wherever you are, it's coming to you in the mail. You can send it back free of charge. It's not that it's compelling them to vote. It's compelling them to to believe that they have an impact, that their vote matters, that whoever they're voting for, they can trust to lead them. Um, and they just don't feel that way. And I can't blame them. But that's a much bigger problem than any one election. Anyway, that's my thoughts. Producer Dave. Well, not for nothing. Like, there's a just this big conversation around this non-existent voter fraud. And <clears throat> it, to some extent, is going to depress a voter turnout, I think, on the right, because they think that the left is going to steal the election. But also, if that's just in the in the discourse, I think it's going to depress the vote among people who everyone is saying their votes are fraudulent, right? Mm -hmm. They don't. Nobody thinks that the white people over sixty five there were a lot of um, fraudulent votes there, right? The messaging from the people who are putting out the lies about voter fraud, it's yeah, it's not about grandma, you know. Nope. <laughs> They'll it's, say dead people about... voted. They'll say dead people voted, but that's just that they're not really aiming it at that the older people, right? They're just they're just saying that. But the the all the time when they do this, they always talk about it being in the cities. It's always in these in the enclaves of the cities, or the when we talk about voter fraud, they're like, oh, Detroit. Well, Detroit, Chicago. There's coding there. It's not that those aren't diverse oh, cities. It's not that it's really. it's not that no white people live there. It's that those cities are coded as yep. black and brown cities they have been 100%. in our discourse since i was a kid um i probably when i was a kid said problematic things about those cities because of the way they're discussed in the media i don't right. remember anything but i bet i did right, right. <clears throat> just because of the right. way they're discussed and so if you keep hearing that your vote is fraudulent that your community when your community votes even if it's not in your state if it's all the way across the country you keep hearing from everybody not everybody but from a you know a loud contingent of people that when your communities come out and vote that it's fraudulent when people start showing up at the polling places uh if you remember in uh, 2000 they called it the brooks brothers riot um, mm -hmm. where they were banging on the windows yeah. of the polling place and i believe it was broward county florida if i'm not mistaken yeah. intimidating voters intimidating poll workers you know it's yeah it we're not we're not doing anything to help with that either right with 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 the intimidation uh factor well but they don't the even have to intimidate somebody like as an individual to possibly depress turnout just by messaging that their community's vote is fraudulent 
No, not at all. And not even just fraudulent. Um, just, just at the end of the day, meaningless. That's when, when you talk about voter apathy, it's not voter apathy necessarily like, oh, I just never like any of these candidates or I don't, you know, I'm, 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 I don't care to vote or I don't care what's going on. They do. People do give a shit. People do care. People are aware that elections are happening, right? Like, and like I said, in California, everyone's getting mailed a ballot and a, a bunch of information. So it's not as though you're not aware that it's happening. You're definitely aware. People, everyone I talked to was aware that an election was happening. Everyone I knocked on the door of was aware that an election was happening. They were not compelled to vote. Um, and for either because they didn't find anyone or anything worth voting for, but more likely, and what do you hear from uh, across the board, really, when, when the question is asked, the primary reason they don't is because they don't feel like their vote matters. Well, why don't they feel like their vote matters? It's not because they don't think that, you know, that the su voto su votes, right? Like they don't realize, they don't they know that if you vote for someone, they're going to get elected. They just don't believe that whoever gets elected or whatever gets passed, it's not going to work for them, right? It's not going to be there for them. And they're going to say all the right things to get elected. They're going to talk about DACA and, uh, and, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, immigration reform and, you know, ra uh, raising the wage and, and going into the communities and giving more, you know, doing more equity and, and, and bringing more money and resources back to the community and to the East side in San Jose. Right. Um, and they say this over and over and over again. And yet, you know, the people on the ground don't see any change. They don't see any change in their community, any significant change, right? There's things here and there. Oh, a park opened over there, or there's a new streetlight over there. But they don't see any significant culture, uh, so societal or economic shift in their communities because of who they vote for. They don't. And they, and they don't because it's not happening, because people do say whatever they want to get elected, and then they move on. Um, so two things have to happen. One... I, th I think as the white dude in you know, the straight white dude in the room, the Latino community has to step up and just consistently be engaged and involved and yes, vote, um, and have a voice. Um, because if they don't, then they will be taken advantage of until kingdom come. Um, and yes, the elect and, and elected officials and, and people in power need to do more to respect the community and to give them, empower them more and to give them more of a voice. So both and, those things need to happen. And not for nothing, like in San Jose, it's like specifically is a good example it's not like it's not like cost of living isn't skyrocketing over there on the east side just like it is everywhere else but if you live exactly. over there on the east side no matter who you are you see all the city services going to the west side and the north side and you're you know you see like oh there's this what do you mean there's a like a utopia being built by google over there right. what do you what, over there what do you right, what do downtown, you mean downtown west it's even called downtown west right of course it. yeah downtown west you say what do you what do you mean over there on the north side? They're trying to build more housing in these nice places with fountains and stuff for the tech workers. What do you mm -hmm. mean? Why? Why? Why Just is my rent? Saratoga. Why is my rent one and a half times what it was five, four, 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 five years ago? And we don't get any of that. I know that the rent doesn't go to making the things in the community happen, but it's you know yeah. you're, you're you're seeing your cost of living go up no matter where you live in the South Bay, and you're watching yeah. all the resources and not for nothing. What about you know you you're seeing all all this. Great city services here here in Campbell, Los Gatos, uh, Saratoga, Sunnyvale, Santa Clara, Mountain View, and, and you got you're yourself over there a Lyra line. You got your own Lyra line, yeah. right? Yeah, and you're over the there one, on the, the east Lyra side, line to the like, east side wraps around like you know the whole damn universe before it gets back anywhere. It takes forever to get anywhere, right? The the well more more by way of it, Milpitas, the east side by way of Milpitas. Yeah, more yeah the the. It, the light rail almost seems like it was designed to avoid the east side to, to oh, some completely. extent. 
completely. So then if you're on transit, you're taking like a city bus and there's nothing wrong with the city buses. They're air conditioned. They, you know, they, but they're not on time like the light rail is. And so you're, you're just seeing all these other people get all these services from the city and you see it over and over again. It doesn't matter if you're, doesn't matter who you are. You're going to start to become apathetic about local politics. And because the, the East side tends to skew a little more, a little more Latino than the rest of the community, the rest of San Jose and the rest of the South Bay. It's going to depress turnout among that yeah. particular demographic, among among other people, just other low income people. And by the way, not for nothing, there ain't no there ain't no low income anything in the in the on the east side. You know what I'm saying? Like, how much do you think a two bedroom apartment is there? Twenty six hundred dollars, twenty seven hundred dollars, twenty eight hundred dollars, three grand no. maybe if it's got a if it's got a, like a like a a pergo or something in it. Well, it's plenty closer to the median or the average, right? You're right. Like the cost of living doesn't go down just because you go across 101. The co- the the amount of wages, you know, that, that those folks are making go down, right? The the amount of resources that are provided in those communities go down. Um, the amount of uh, amenities and public amenities that are provided in those neighborhoods go down, right? But the cost of living does not go down, right? And that's well, the it, it may be you know, it may be eighty or hundred bucks less for the same apartment. And right. not not for nothing. Maybe. If you end just, up in if you end up in Sunnyvale, that apartment's going to be a thousand dollars more. But that's a whole right. different ball game. Yeah, and there's also naturally not quote unquote naturally affordable housing too, right? It's not as though you know the only reason it's any less is because the you know the quality of um, of living is is not as quite not quite as good either too. So they do acknowledge that in the rent a little bit, but it's not significant enough that it's going to make much of a difference. And you're still paying what, you know, a tech bro on the West side um, pays for rent, generally speaking, right. And you're not making anywhere near as much. So there are systemic problems at, at play here. And I, frankly, I wouldn't believe in the, the system either. Um, but uh, at this point, but you know what, at the end of the day, black people voting at 25%, you know, I, I uh, and they don't have anything I think to cheer about in terms of how the system has treated them. So, well, um, and gotta be something we can do. I mean, in San Jose, San Jose, the South Bay, particularly like compared to the rest of the state, uh, African-Americans are very grossly underrepresented here. There's just not a lot of uh, black. Well, there are not many of them. Yeah. 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 And that's fine. Like, that's fine. It's it's not it's not it's not like a huge problem. It's not like there's, you know, rampant discrimination against black folks versus anyone else here. It's just they for whatever reason, historically, black folks haven't moved to San Jose and Latino folks have. Um, But, you know it's just it's bad for the city when a group is big in population like proportion as the latino folks here in san jose aren't voting at a very high rate it's bad for everybody i just think Mm -hmm. that if there's one group one demographic that has the right to vote and can't is registered isn't coming out i don't care what demographic it is it's bad for everybody if they're not voting yeah I bet I bet on all of us really, um, and, and in general, you know, going beyond just the demographic numbers, I think we're looking at thirty percent turnout right now um, uh, in Santa Clara County, which is just awful. I mean, granted, primaries and primaries in uh, gubernatorial election years, gen, generally speaking, are not is not very high, um, so it's not unprecedented. It's just really bad, and and especially in the context of where we've been recently, where we've seen record turnout, we've seen people engaged. But they're engaged. We're now we're finding out they're engaged. I mean, we're not finding out. It's something I've been preaching for a long time. But folks are not engaged by local issues. They are not engaged by the mayor's race. They are not engaged by their city council race. They're not excited about whatever ballot measure is going to affect their water rates or anything like that until later, until they figure out, oh, shit, down the line, the people I vote for for city council and for board of supervisors and for school board actually control 95 percent of my day to day life. Until they realize that they don't care and they key off of the presidential election because it's on the news all the time. And maybe they learn a little bit about the state issues. But the reason why presidential elections have high turnout is because people know about the presidential election. They don't care 
who's running for mayor. So it doesn't matter when you hold the election. People need to be more engaged on local issues. And how do we do that is a much bigger issue than can be solved than any six-month startup election, unfortunately. Um, but uh, whoever can solve that is going to win a lot of elections. I'll tell you that much. Unless uh, they we'll, solve we'll it by being so such a giant piece of shit that everybody comes out to vote against them like the former guy. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like uh, the, the revolution of common sense. Right. Um, we'll go there. We'll go there later when we get into the mayor's race in November. Um, that's going to be fun. Talk about a freaking uh, Russian roulette. Uh, pick your poison, folks, in that race. All right. Well, that's down ballot watch for today. We've uh, we've dug deep enough, I think, into our uh, post election mortem thing. Uh, post mortem election recap. Uh, so now we go down to one more thing, another thing, um, and we always like to have. You know, at least some sort of animal interest, human interest story to try to get, have a nice palate cleanser. So, something, something a little bit feel good. Exactly. So that's that's what we're gonna what we're gonna get into now. So enjoy this feel good story after a really down day on the down ballot. Pushing the limits, Zion Rick Gaines isn't giving up his dream. The 19-year-old lost his eyesight last year, still determined to become a professional skateboarder. Something really important and special to me, and the fact that I could still do it, uh, especially due to my accident, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't give up. Zion is legally blind after being shot in a senseless act of gun violence. Now owning his new identity, the glass eye stamped with the Thrasher logo, a popular skateboard magazine. And I kind of have it remembered, like memorized in my head how the park looks. So I usually walk this way. His cane guiding his way, patience and persistence doing the rest. I'll try something until I land it and sometimes I do and sometimes I don't, but it's just all about keep practicing. And his unwavering positivity is a product of his mother, Charmaine. Part of my motivation and part of my dedication, hard work and determination and consistency, I've all had to learn those things and those are all things I've learned from my mom. The single mother's name inked on his forearm forever. She, did it. she raised me all by herself all these years. So, you know, a, a, big, a big part of my character, a big part of the way I am is a reflection of my mom. And Zion's unwillingness to give up is capturing the imaginations of his fellow skateboarders and inspiring them. He's just out here already getting some good bouncing attempts. Like when I get on, I immediately will slide off and, and I can see perfectly fine. I have 20-20 vision. And he's out here doing such insane stuff. It's crazy. Zion himself admitting he doesn't completely understand his ability. I ask the same question to myself. I don't even know how I do it sometimes. Um, commitment is one thing, though, that I can definitely say is a part of it. For another high five. Commitment, and he says community. And, you know, with skateboarding, you know, it's all a big family. So we all get to uh, vibe with each other. What? Come on. And in those moments of frustration and fear, Zion fights through. Things can seem scary, but if you take risks and if you just keep going for it, you might achieve it. Tara Campbell, ABC7 News. Well, there that's wild. <clears throat> that's pretty cool. I mean, like skateboarding is very hard for the sighted. Like that one, the one other kid was saying, he's like, hey, man, he's like, I can see in this shit's pretty hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, although there's got to be something to be said, I think, um, in all uh, sport, generally speaking, for, you know, uh, just 
not, I won't say hand-eye coordination, just coordination in general, right? And some of that natural feel, right? Without uh, some of the senses. Um, it, uh, so I'd, good good on this guy. I hope he succeeds. I hope he can go thrash it up at uh, a tournament sometime. That'd be pretty fun to see him on a street course. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if only all of us would be that perseverant um, in the midst of tragedy. Definitely. <sighs> all right. Well, that was a nice palate cleanser, Producer Dave. Um, I really appreciate that. Uh, and I appreciate you... Uh, coming correct tonight as always as as always as always the new overlay looks great everything works the computer did not melt um that's good to know <laughs> i could tell from here so and my internet hung in for just a couple minutes so uh, that that's that's solid i'll drink one to that it stays winning so this evening on uh, local love we are uh going to do a best of local love uh it'll be a dan Votto of uh our boutique I had a great interview with him and uh if you don't mind councilman could you read a uh, down ballot out for us I could. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, listener, for downloading uh, the Down Ballot podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, thank you, viewer on Twitch, uh, Twitch, and all of our subscribers. Um, thank you, especially to Connor for subscribing today. So uh, good, good to see that, um, and or at least joining our Twitch community. Thank you to the chat. Thank you for uh, the stories you keep feeding us. Thank you for the story that was fed to us during the show tonight. And uh, look for uh, local love later on tonight and all the Echoplex Media programs. Echoplexmedia.com is your place for everything you need to know. Uh, please make sure you get vaxxed, you get boosted, get your kids vaxxed, uh, you know, wear a mask when it's appropriate. And, you know, if you need to wear pants, that's cool too. Have a great night. <laughs> To get the party started Pick up my phone just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage waiting for FTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing Queen to get the fuck up on and like the scene, yeah. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. I turn and head back to the bar for a refill, man. You know where we are We're headed out to the car To smoke another one And another one Now just when the magic starts kicking in I hear we left playing And you know it's time to head in Alright everybody now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it And then pass it to me yeah. We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band we want what we want to do and what we want is to jam so sit back and enjoy the band enjoy that band last up on the field for the show tonight is down and dirty in five so we're headed outside to spark up another joint now who's got my lighter stoner e of course shouldn't you be inside i'm all up in this bitch being who i gotta be i'm fucked up like the u.s
Portuguese Known to eat, take you on a psychedelic odyssey Now inside motherfuckers is rockin' me And outside shit we smoke a lot of broccoli Rockin' the rollie, all that sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck, but I'll probably do it sloppily We do what we want What we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Media streams seven days a week on twitch.tv slash media. With a variety of hosts and topics, there's bound to be something you'll like or hate so much you can't stop watching it. Check out our full schedule at ecoplexmedia.com.